Hey church, wonderful to be with you for another Daily Hope. <clears throat> We're jumping into Galatians chapter 1, a fresh book, one of Paul's best. And man, it is a scorcher. But before we do that, I want to ask you a question. What do you really think about the Bible? Do you think that it is a massive, insurmountably large and complex tome of a book with all sorts of genres that are mainly about other people back then when God did stuff that has some connection to today, but I don't really know and I, I need somebody else to explain it to me? Do you maybe not think about your Bible actually very much other than feeling vaguely guilty sometimes for not reading it as much as you should? I've been there. Is it a paperweight? Or is it maybe a living and active document, the heartbeat of God, sharper than any double-edged sword, with the capacity to cut straight through so many of our illusions and pretensions and that of the world and reveal to us a God that is more than we could ever imagine. One who has a heart for you and for I and for the world and is relentlessly at work loving us and inviting us into relationship with him. I want to, I have to, I do believe that it is that last version. And that when we open our hearts and minds, it, they, we will be transformed. We will encounter the living God when we read it. So let's do that. God be with us. Galatians 1. Paul is writing to a fractured church. Man, if there was ever a book that's, that describes our moment right now, it's Galatians 1. He's writing to a divided church. A church that looks like the church in America that is torn apart. It's got allegiances to ideologies, to personalities that are other than Jesus Christ. It is the gospel of Jesus and dot, dot, dot. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. It's just a matter of degree here. None of us are walking purely with God. We constantly need our, our minds renewed. Because the truth is that there is evil in the world. I mean, in, in chapter, in verse 3, he says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. Well, guess what? The evil age was present and evil back then, and it is now. And that is not to be doom and gloom or pessimist, because actually there are incredible things going on in the world. I mean, in the last 30 years, we have nearly eradicated, like, extreme poverty around the world. It's insane. Like something like 200,000 people every day are getting lifted out of abject poverty. That's good news. And yet we all are so aware of the evil forces that are also pulling at the, the fabric of our churches, our communities, our homes. Coming out of the pandemic, we're looking at a fractured world, a world that is not the same. There is no going back to normal. There is only onward in so many ways. Paul's writing to a church that's experiencing the same sort of division. They're arguing over this or that. And, you know, it, it, back then it probably wasn't QAnon and critical race theory. It was something else. We don't actually know the, the specific details of it. We just know that it pains Paul's heart because it is not the way that it is supposed to be. God delights in his church when in our diversity we are unified by our adoration of Christ and by our willingness to model him hanging on a cross to suffer, to accept suffering and pain in our lives on behalf of others. 
to pour out God's love for other people. So I'm not going to go into all of the rest of the details of the chapter because, you know, he offers us a good metric in verse 10. It says, am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. It cuts straight to the heart, to the motivation of what we're doing. And I think the, the temptation here is to read about the false gospels that were dividing the church and to immediately think of the other people on the other side who disagree with me. And they are the ones with the false gospel and I am the one with the right gospel. That would be a mistake. This is an invitation to you and to me to open our hearts and our minds to God and say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. I have fallen short. Show me where I have accepted or I have attached myself to something other than simplicity and the power of your, of your gospel. Renew my mind. Forgive me. Set me back on the right path. I guarantee if you pray that prayer and you sit in silence, then something will come to your mind. It will be an opportunity to return to a closer walk closer walk with Jesus and hear your heavenly father say hey I love you I accept you I forgive you there is a place for you at my table there's a place for your enemy at my table let me heal the divide let me let me reveal the truth that's what I pray for you that's what I pray for me that's what I pray for our church today that we would encounter the living God in today's scripture that it would it would transform our minds and it would set us free to be people of radical love, hospitality, generosity, and long-suffering. That we might do all that to the glory of God. So, may you be well today, church. It's great to be with you.